0: hello and welcome to switzer tv property i'm peter switzer we go out on thursday of course and i'm I welcome you to the program on tonight's show i've cornered the founder of century 21 charles tarby who was not a great fan of the the, the boom that happened until about 2016 and early 17. he was happy that the market went off the boil i guess he got a bit worried when it started looking worse and worse and worse until I guess the May election of 2019 but now he's actually quite comfortable of what he sees and he goes around the country naming the suburbs that he thinks are really hot. And then we'll catch up with Ben Kingsley from the Property Couch podcast and suburbgrowth.com.au and we'll talk about how the market is actually developing and the first home buyer scheme that's uh, likely to start in January and February, and we'll work out what kind of impact this will have on the property market. So without any further ado, let's go to the founder of Century 21 here in Australia and New Zealand, Charles Tarby. Well, one controversy at the moment in the property sector is, are house prices really rising? Is the housing sector really rebounding? Well, if you read the Financial Review, or the Australian, or the Sydney Morning Herald, or The Age, they're all saying, yes, it is, but there are some people out there saying, don't trust the numbers. So I thought I might talk to a guy who's got a hell of a lot of branches when it comes to real estate agencies. And that's Charles Tarby, the founder of Century 21. Thanks for coming on the program, mate. Thank you, Peter. Is it Century 21 or is it CU something? When I talk to you, you, you yeah, you use that term. Me? Yeah. What do I use? C... Oh, C21. Well, one. it's
1: easier because, you know, people keep saying, what are you going to do at c through22 And I, say, I don't really care. <laughs> so, no, so c two one's the new it's thing. Rea- yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, a new seal as well, as you see around the tracks. Yeah,
0: the yeah, I was, I was trying to make a point of that. Yeah, I think. Why it? did you do that for
1: I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, the American uh, part of the arm decided it was a good time c to... C21. Yeah, yeah, so we, a, we all looked at it and thought, wow, it looks yeah. great. So Imagine I'll a big
0: basketball
1: commentator saying, c yeah. Okay. And you come out. What are, what are we here for? <laughs> We're here to entertain the crowd because
0: deep down they want to know: can you
1: believe
0: the This house price mm. recovery. Mm.
1: Yeah, you can because it, it, we had a massive drop, very, very quickly, really quickly, and and uh, I think. And you been, wanted it. We, you you did, actually we, said in 2016. It. Too much. Too Way too much. Really too much. Yeah. It needs to stop. So you not and, a spooker. And it didn't stop. No. Uh, and, uh, and then they reduced interest rates. and off yeah. it went again. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And so it, it needed that correction. It ha- had ha- has had a good correction. Yeah. And the one thing that's stabilising it, it stabilising the prices from going crazy because the clearance rates are out of this are mm. uh, The banks, the mm. banks are still steady Slow. with their lending. Mm. And uh, on I guess the steadier they're lending, the steadier they're lending, the harder it is for. For people to get into the market mm. so you don't have that crazy feel of a boom which most real estate operas, operators don't like the yeah. boom is a massive disruption
0: okay so another thing that i figured has helped prices go up is that there's been reports that there's a supply problem mm. Mm. Is A, is that right, and B, is it changing, is it improving? Yeah, it
1: has been an issue, but a lot of people are now, a lot of vendors are now thinking, those that held off, thinking, okay, it might be time. Yeah. And so it's slowly but surely the stock levels are increasing yeah. uh, across it last four or five weeks. We're watching the stock levels increase. So that is definitely happening, yeah. which uh, is great because it's curbing the buyer enthusiasm yeah. uh, in addition to what the banks are doing. So yeah. I think we have a really nice marketplace right now where yeah. somebody wants to sell, can sell somebody wants to buy might have to compete a little yeah. bit, uh, but you they don't call have that, that equilibrium economics. I don't know the words. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a real estate agent <laughs> from Penrith, Peter. What do I know? Yeah, you come Biggest word I know is delicatessen, <laughs> and I can't spell it. That's, that's a tough <laughs> word to spell. All right, so um, supplies
0: starting to improve. Let's just go around Sydney first, because mm. you you are a Sydney-based guy, but you've got agencies right around sure. the country. Yep. One of the things that shocked me during the boom was when someone said. The median house price in the western suburbs of sydney is now a million dollars. yeah is, is it
1: still a million dollars? well it's dropped back uh, and it's starting to creep back up there yeah. again yeah. Uh, generally again due to the lack of stock but as more stock comes in it'll stabilize the prices so mm. i don't think we're going to have massive price rises so as long as the listings start coming back onto the market again mm. we're going to have that equilibrium that yeah. you're talking about
0: yeah exactly right you <laughs> see you've learned something real oh, quickly. with me <laughs> You are a yeah, right? yes aren't you, you? You guys from Crookwell, you're Crookwell. always fast learning. To potatoes. <laughs> you and John <laughs> Simon, both from Crookwell. Yeah. You heard that yeah. here
1: first? He was born there. Yes, he was born there. <laughs> was he really? Yes, he was, yeah. He, Where were you uh, born? I was born in Sydney, but mum and dad moved out there because uh, they heard the country towns were prospering. Yeah, okay. Unbeknown to me, they used to hang out with the Simon family because John's considerably older than me, don't tell me. Yeah, no, yeah you uh, so, very young. Yeah, man. so I was very young when he left the town. I think he left the town when he was only a baby. So he, yeah. Can okay. you imagine that? Well, what did your parents do? They had a ladies' fashion shop. Did they? that. They and John's parents had a fruit shop. There you are. Yeah. They knew nothing about it, but yeah. they thought that that's what you had to do to progress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, naturally, everybody in my family went into business. It was really okay. bizarre. Okay. Every sibling yeah. went into business, I think, as an example that uh, my parents said. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, let's get back to what, yeah. what you're really here for.
0: And people are interested in these. L- <laughs> and one day, we're actually going to do a story about how you actually got... Century Twenty One. Okay. Because you know, like you were, as you story. pointed out, you're a, a real estate agent from Penrith, from yes. Penrith. I was. but a very uh, a person with mm. high aspirations, and you've done fantastically well. But okay. we'll, we'll save that for another day. Thank you. All right. Um, further interest rate cuts. Do you think that will power more people into Looking
1: for houses? No. I think they're already comfortable with it with the rates that we have now. I think they're far more comfortable. I was going through some old records uh the other night. I've got my diaries going back since nineteen seventy eight that for whatever reason I kept. And I was going through some old records about the home that, that I live in, which I purchased back in the mid eighties. And uh, yeah, I'm still living in the same place. Fantastic, couple going on that uh, one. Yeah, still living in the same place. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I was looking at over some of the old files, just history files, and I and I saw a letter from the wonderful Beneficial Finance at that time. God. And it said that who owned that? If, uh, well, was State Bank of SA, I think oh, it was okay, at the time. Well, okay. And it said your effective your interest rate is 22.75%, but if paid on time, 18.75%. God. I was looking at that and I go, wow. wow. I mean, and you think today interest rates three, four percent. Um, I think people are comfortable with rates. Mm. I think it, it's a matter now of can they get the money because of, of the different lending criteria that's changed, not just around people but around suburbs and, and cities. Yeah. So, you know, banks won't lend in certain locations or on certain types of properties, whether it's community title mm. or strata or a company title, they've, got, they've changed. Mm. Uh, so I think we've got that that's balancing it out. But I think people are very comfortable with the interest rates. If they dropped any more, I don't think it'd have any impact at all.
0: Yeah, some people think that
1: it might actually worry people,
0: thinking mm. that the economy is so yeah, bad I think that it has it to go worry to, to emergency rates. Um, let's go around the country. Yeah, um, Both Perth and Brisbane have struggled for some time. I
1: And I think you've told me in the past, you're starting to see some improvement in Perth. Is it becoming real now? It's becoming real in those areas and clearance rates, especially in Brisbane, sometimes tipped into the fifties, which is very rare for Brisbane, same Mm. as with Perth. But there are just areas in Perth that have dropped so much in price that they were dropping before, uh, while the boom was still happening in other capital cities. So I I think if you go into those areas, you'll find uh, somebody asked me to pick five suburbs across Australia. And I picked Mandurah because uh, mm. if you look at Mandurah, that was so popular before yeah, the boom and, collapsed, and it's getting closer and closer to Perth with the infrastructure. And you've yeah. got these beautiful multi-million-dollar canal homes yeah. that, are, that are not as multi-million-dollar as the they beaches used to be. are good there too. Huh? That's wonderful. Yeah. So places like that are really starting to offer people opportunity now.
0: Okay, that's Mandurah. I'm going to make you give me those five suburbs. I I'm hope you can to remember, remember them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you don't drink much, so you must.
1: Remember no, I'll, I'll give a it gun. a go. A yeah. Let's go. Okay. Well, I, I picked in South Australia for Glen hmm. again because the uh, beautiful solo, beach suburb yeah. uh, restaurants, the whole thing, and to to the city of Adelaide is very short trip. Hmm. Uh, again, you can you can still buy some magnificent homes, at great prices within within walking distance to stunning beaches. Yeah. So. You can't get that in too many places, yeah. and South Australia as a whole is off at that, going all the way down the coast to Karakalinga and places like that, yeah. where you can get beautiful homes mm. with ocean, ocean views. Yeah, I
0: guess if, if a person can get themselves a good job in, in Adelaide, mm. leaving, say, Sydney or Melbourne, they could really do upgrade their homes pretty easily, couldn't they? They could,
1: they could, mm. yeah. Okay, South Australia. Well, I hope that was well, South Australia. I hope people don't get upset with me. They didn't ask me. I only asked for five, so I didn't get to Darwin or, or Tassie. So I did the, okay. the five major cities. Oh. Uh, uh, Victoria, I picked Frankston. Yeah, okay. Now, a lot of people think, well, Frankston's one of those places where there's uh, a lot of rental properties. Mm. Um, a, uh, a lower as the, as it's sort of like the cheapest area going into the Morning Peninsula, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. it goes from from one of the cheapest areas, to one of the most expensive, expensive areas within yeah. the same location. Yeah, and so again, for me, it represents uh, these all seem to be on the coast, don't they? Yeah, uh, And I don't like the beach. because yeah. uh, you're a mountain. You there, still no, get sand between your toes there. three months later. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that that area again, hmm. the infrastructure's improving. I mean, I don't, I, I don't like that trip from. Uh, Melbourne down, Nepean Highway down to Frankston, mm. it, it's a struggle sometimes, nice. but it's getting better and better. And I think because it's close proximity to the peninsula, the water and so on, I think it's good value. Okay. Very good so value. Let's go to Sydney now. Yeah, you know, Sydney market is one that I've, I've, I've tossed up uh, quite a few times because I keep changing my mind with the Sydney market mm. uh, because there are so many spots that you can pick. And the one that I've always picked has been the Heavisham, Mount Truitt. Around Hesham Creek? i always way, picked those areas. A, around, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Often, if you um, always says good value to, as uh, well? Because you've got the M4 and the the M7 and yeah. you've got areas just above you that in North are, uh, and South where there are a million dollar homes being sold, they're front right. and centre. Yeah. Uh, so and, I've and, and these suburbs are cheap, areas. aren't they? The ones you about? They're very about. easy to get into. Yeah. In terms of price. And there's a lot of hobby farms in that area as well. Uh, or are the they back, going? In, a lot of them are gone, but there's a lot of the developers have gone out and and optioned a lot of stock out there. People yeah. are sitting on on a potential. So it's just
0: those suburbs again for those people in Sydney who yeah. might not know. Yeah. I was
1: talking about Hebersham, uh Bay, uh, those areas just um, past Mount Druitt. That strip in there, yeah. and, and my my view has got a lot of potential. Okay. Let's go into uh, Queensland. Queensland. I picked another. Coastal area, in fact, I think Redcliffe. Yeah. I like that area because, again, it's not far from Brisbane. You've got the infrastructure going up that way, up through that way, up through North Lakes, all the way up, and you've got beachside, you've got holiday areas, but you can get into the car and be down at Brisbane Airport or in Brisbane very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so you can have quality lifestyle uh, in in a quality surrounding without being uh, encompassed by the city, but you're not far from the city. Are, are
0: there tiger sharks swimming around in Redcliffe? Uh,
1: in within my industry, <laughs> in my industry. You said that, well, you know, We're always called that. So,
0: yeah. No, no, all
1: right. Well, at least not Wimpy Shark. No, tiger shark. No, no. All
0: right, so that's ar- around the country. Yeah. A lot of people would like to hear your views on apartments because mm-hmm. you yeah, know we mm-hmm. were always told that Melbourne had a gross oversupply of apartments yep. in the same as Brisbane uh, yeah, area West End area uh, yeah. so it was South Bank area yep. and yep. South Bank area in Brisbane as, yes, well. as well
1: Yeah, um, and Sydney does, does Sydney have an oversupply it, Sydney yeah it, it, it does in some parts and there are some developments out there that are sitting there with cranes ready to go yeah. ready to go right. um, because uh, the developers need to obviously still sell a percentage of those apartments before the banks are going to talk to them. That's yep. still a, a given in most cases. And so those sales are not happening. They're not happening as quickly because mm. there's a lot of talk around apartments off the plan. There's a lot of talk about the the um, uh, Homebush area and south mm. of Sydney area where the apartments are having trouble. Like and cracks so and cladding. People are focused on that. Mm. There's a lot of quality builders out there yeah. and a lot of quality apartments, but yeah. people are focused on just y- a couple of things. If the those.
0: apartment blocks are, say three or four levels high, Mm. are they being treated with more less fear
1: than the, the towering infernos? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw a development the other day that's with the Century 21 Castle yeah. Hill guys and it's just 300 metres from the new metro station in Castle Good Hill. Location. It's in a quiet street yeah. and there are still residential houses around it. Yeah. And it, it's like a, a five or six storey building and about 80 odd apartments. Yeah. I, I should know more about it. Yeah. I, I did look at it before I went away yeah. recently. Um, and that's an area I'd buy in because yeah. you've got Still got the housing around you, you've got the railway station down the road, right. it's still a relatively quiet area, yeah. and that's the sort of complex that's not over the top that I would buy in. Are, are we going to see once I guess the, the, the private certifier issue
0: is sorted out mm. and, and buyers have confidence in the apartments that they could potentially buy? Because Sydney houses are so expensive, mm. are we going to see the millennial generation? become, in a sense, I call it Manhattanisation. They'll become like New Yorkers. They know it's too hard yeah. to buy a home unless they go a long way out. So they, if they don't want to go out, they're going to be apartments. Not
1: necessarily in the CBD, but there might be in areas like Hubs, Parramatta. Yeah, well, that one I was talking about, uh, Oriole is the complex. It's 300 metres walk to the station. Yeah. So that kind that's of going to development work for people. will do well. That's going to think? work for people. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I particularly know the builder there. And I know the quality there. So mm. and he's pretty distressed with what you're hearing with pre- yeah. private private certifiers. Hard from the cell, uh, if you it. didn't have private certifiers, you wouldn't. We would not have built as many apartments as yeah. we have because if you tried to do it the old way through councils, the process is incredibly hard. Right. So and they were they're, real they're, obstructionists, weren't they? And they're building up the private mm. certifiers, and and so they should in some cases. Mm. But you know, at the end of the day, this the city of Sydney. Is growing and mm. and you've got to provide or have provisions for for growth and if you don't have the right people in place to get it done mm. it's not going to get done
0: one last thing mate because I
1: think you know the, the apartment
0: issue I guess we you actually quickly mm. go um, Melbourne apartment Problem is it dissipating as more and more people come in?
1: It, it is dissipating because yeah. Melbourne's one of those cities that people want to live in, same as Sydney. Yeah. Brisbane's working hard to get people there, yeah. and pe- they're starting to get that that yeah. growth. Yeah. So I suspect it it won't be a problem in years to come. Yeah. but There are still areas. Are where the you people might...
0: downsizing? Like they they sell their house in Redcliffe where they have got four mm. or five rooms yeah. where all the kids were, and now Going their and kids pumps, yeah. yeah, and then, now the kids are working in the CBD, yeah. so they want an apartment overlooking a river. Is that kind of thing Ge- happening? Generally,
1: in generally, but. They're buying good quality apartments, yeah. so they're Free not buying in the bulk areas. Yeah. Yes. Like yes, new farm and places yeah. like that, mm. yeah.
0: which has done really well. For Very, long well. Long, so. Very well. Very well. Right,
1: and so uh, we're yeah. You know, I we guess we talk about clearance rates, but they yeah, they were fantastic. Again, this weekend just gone Sydney in the 80s, Melbourne in the 70s. Over mm. a thousand auctions for Melbourne, yeah. uh, and at this time last year, the the clearance rate uh, across the country was around 42.7% this weekend just gone, over 75%. But are
0: the prices ridiculous or are they, are they just sort of meeting results uh,
1: There's a lot of uh, pro- properties are going Some over. Some ridiculous are, ones. Yeah, again. Okay, we'll have to watch scary. that. Scary, scary. Uh,
0: Charles Tarby, great seeing you. Thank now. you, Peter. That's the founder of Century 21 or C21, Charles Tarby. <laughs> always trying to get a handle on what's going on with the property market. Today we're talking to Ben Kingsley from suburbgrowth.com.au and the Property Couch podcast. Ben, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Peter. Well, the market has moved from oversupply problems to undersupply. How will this affect the market in coming months? Yeah,
2: you know, I think it's going to be an interesting 2020. I mean, we are, we're well poised with a pent up level of demand um, and limited stock on market at the moment. So I think next year is going to be a story of more growth uh one market that i probably have a question mark over it is the medium and high density stuff with all of the issues around obviously construction security safety and uh you know the cladding and so forth so that's probably the only question mark but i think anything freestanding or townhouses right across the country is going to see some some black ink rather than some red ink
0: yeah, do you think the supply problems are starting to get a little bit better or are we still in a pre, pretty well a crisis situation?
2: Well, I still think it's, uh, you know, the levels that we're seeing are, d- are down significantly and traditionally what we would find after a correction in the market is we'd normally have ample supply, but we haven't seen that story play out. So we are in sort of a new territory, a new country. I, I'd like to think that, you know, we're almost at the back end of the, the spring and summer selling season. So, you know, come February, March, um, if we have a nice spike in, in the number of properties coming to market, um, that will hopefully see a more balanced market and we don't get back to those FOMO conditions, those fear of missing out. We don't we don't want to be there again, Peter.
0: Okay. Let's go to the, the latest First Home Buyers Deposit Scheme that will enter the, in effect January and February. And for those people who don't know what it is, just give us a brief summary and tell us what you think the ramifications will be.
2: Yeah, so I think, look, it's not a big number. Let's start with the number. There's 10,000. Now, the government did tout that they'd look at sort of increasing that. So when you're thinking about it, 10,000 isn't a big number, and that's got to be spread right across the country. Now, depending on which state or territory you're based in, there's levels in regards to the valuation of the property, and there's also levels in regards to the income. So single-income household earners, um, no no greater than I think it's 90000 and then 120 for double household income families. So it really is catering for that entry level first home buyer. And I think it's a great initiative. I think it also supports initiatives like we're seeing in some states and territories where they're doing equity share schemes. I think they are excellent initiatives and will help at that lower end of the market. But I don't think it's going to be enough to push all markets up, and if you're thinking, wow, 10,000 investors coming into the market, i oh, sorry, 10,000 first home buyers coming into the market, it's mm-hmm. not gonna be instant, it's gonna be gradual throughout the course of the okay, year.
0: Okay, just in case someone isn't really across it, so you're saying that what the government's offering will only go to 10,000 borrowers in a year? Is that the first thing? That's right. And, and, and what is the actual offering
2: for those first home buyers? Uh, good point, so effectively what it's doing is, you can save 5%, and then the government is going to guarantee um, the remaining uh, deposit so you're going to avoid mortgage insurance now yeah. lenders mortgage insurance is a one-off cost um, that protects the lender against you as a risk as a borrower so the government is going to guarantee you that now we are seeing some of the banks asking for further clarifications uh, NAB's the only one that's come out and said that they'll support it this far but we do think the other three big banks will get on board if they know what's good for them.
0: Yeah, okay. And so I I guess the bottom line is that once the 10,000 borrowers have actually been exceeded, there will be no more until, I guess, the next budget makes allocation for, if they like, the scheme.
2: Yeah, I think you're right there, Peter. I think we won't hear from the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, until probably May in terms of any indications about... I I think the level of demand will be really strong for it. Mm. Um, So we hope it goes to the right type of of entry level buyer who's, who's struggling to get into the market, single people, uh, single mothers or single husband, you know, fathers with single kids. That's the sort of the market that I'd really like to see this being the most effective use of it.
0: Some people who are natural worries say if someone goes in with a 95% debt, they're pretty. if something goes wrong, negative equity is not a long, long, long way away. What do you reckon, mate?
2: I think, you know, we've gone through periods of negative equity. We saw the boom, um, you know, come through the end of 2017 and there's still some people with who might be experiencing negative equity. Now, the banks are pretty, I suppose, comfortable with the idea um, as long as you continue to keep servicing your property that they think that the value of those properties will move higher over time. So I don't think you'll start to see the banks calling in uh, and being aggressive in that particular front. So I tend to think, you know, property... Uh, is a long-term play. Uh, First home buyers coming into the market, they're not trying to speculate on the marketplace. They want to basically buy their first home, get on the property ladder, so I'm not so worried about any negative equity risk.
0: Yeah, and I guess the bottom line is I I think sometimes there's a lot uh, made of negative equity. Let's face it, over in Perth, there are a lot of um, home uh, owners over there who've retained their jobs, but they would have bought at the peak of the market and that market fell about 25%, didn't it? So there's probably been a whole bunch of people with negative equity over there. As long as they weren't trying to sell it and, and, and desperately trying to get what they outlaid, I guess life goes on and eventually that, that, that old price will be surpassed as you see in most um, housing cycles
2: i agree peter i think we've seen scaremongering from that negative i mean you know it's a good headline Mm. we also saw it when we started to see apra's market intervention around you know all of these people are going to be trapped on these interest only rolling over to principal and interest and we're going to see potentially this glut of property that was going to hit the market in 2019 which never materialized i mean it's well spread out Um, we're seeing the mortgagee and possession sales in wa although they're off their low basis they still are so low that it's immaterial in terms of the impact in that particular market. And, and I think you'll also see Perth finally sowing some green shoots next year in regards to uh, property valuations as their economy and the mining sector picks up.
0: How should mum and dad investors play this um, this new market that obviously is doing well. You can see the auction clearance rates are very high. So wherever they're having auctions, I presume lots of people are turning up and they're bidding. Uh, and we know that not all property markets are the same. Some wouldn't be doing as well as others. But with the, the, the first home buyers being given a lift as well, how do you think mum and dad investors should play the, the surge in the market likely in 2020?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, again, we don't want to get to a stage of FOMO where we've got this fear of missing out and we'll play just any price for any property. We must do our research. We must, you know, in my in my view as an investor you shouldn't be buying any more than say 10% above the median of the particular suburb so we don't have any risk of you know buying assets that are at the top end in the top 25% quartile I would say for for if you're buying below the median in a suburban and you're looking for a property that may be existing that, that has a bit of tidy up and some value add, those types of investors will be insulated. If you're looking for house and land packages or off the plan, that's the area of concern for me. So I would tread carefully. I'd do my research very well and I'd make sure that I'm not in any risk of oversupply in those particular types of accommodation. Okay.
0: So what was the, the defining moment for property in 2019?
2: Oh, I think I think probably it was the federal election mm, when yeah. we saw negative gearing and capital gains tax. I mean, you know, there was a lot of fear. The marketplace definitely wouldn't have responded as well as it had after that. Um, you know, there's been sort of three defining moments, really, APRA's easing of their monetary and macro in prudential, uh, prudential interference in the marketplace and finally lower interest rates. I yeah. mean, it has been, uh, you know, they've brought the buyers back and hopefully that'll have a positive wealth effect and we'll see the economy start to show some further signs of improvement into 2020.
0: Okay, get the crystal ball out. Tell us about 2020 and your property outlook.
2: Yeah, I think again, coming back to um, to our numbers, I think there'll be a lot of states and territories that'll be in positive growth. Um, I'd like to think that some of the, uh, the older unit market will see a bit of a spike. Um, sort of Brisbane's uh, supply story is getting lower there. So hopefully a bit more demand coming into that market. So, I mean, more broadly speaking, I'm, I'm a little bullish on the market. I just wanted to go a little bit more steadily than the sort of rapid numbers we're seeing. When I see numbers of 1.3, 1.4% gains inside a one-month period, um, that tends to worry me. I mean, we're still off, you know, five to eight percent off the peaks of the market in both Sydney and Melbourne. But more broadly speaking, I think it's going to be a positive story for property in 2020. Okay. Finally, tell us about suburbgrowth.com.au. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating product. Um, it's been something that uh the chief engineer and and research director jeremy Shevard has been working on for many many years he started the research back in 2010 and effectively it's a new type of product in the market what actually happens is it predicts capital growth for the next three years out using a very clever algorithm measuring demand and supply so a lot of people want to know what what the value of their property is worth today but what suburb growth can do at the suburb level for either houses or units It can give a prediction a forward prediction of capital growth over the next one two or three years
0: great stuff mate thanks for joining us on the program thanks peter that's ben kingsley from suburbgrowth.com.au and the property couch podcast well that's the show for this week i look forward to seeing you next week and just a reminder if you're someone who likes to invest in the stock market We have our small and micro-cap conference on Tuesday between 9 and 2 at City Tattersall's Club in Sydney. Uh, We'll have uh, 9 or 10 CEOs from various companies. They'll pitch their business. They'll tell you what they do. They'll give you the outlook for the company and you get a chance to ask them some questions. That's next Tuesday at CTATS in Sydney.